0: The Search Engine Journal Show. Thanks for joining us. Today, we are continuing our ongoing series, Better Know an SEO Pro. And one person in SEO you better know about is Julie Joyce. Julie is the owner of Linkfish Media, which she has owned since 2007. Julie has been in the uh, industry for 17 years now. She is currently a contributor for Search Engine Journal. And in the past, uh, you may have read her on Search Engine Land and Search Engine Watch. And uh, back in the day, she also helped found SEO Chicks, uh, that that website, SEO Chicks. Uh, She is also the host of SEMrush's webinar series, Show Me the Links. You can find her on Twitter at Julie Joyce and on LinkedIn as Julie Joyce. Here she is, Julie Joyce. Welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. Julie, it was excellent to talk to you today.
1: Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I appreciate you asking.
0: Of course. All right. So let's... Let's get started with the super easy question. What's the overall state of link building today and go? <laughs> <That's>
1: the, <laughs> the easy question. Yeah. Oh, simple I, you know what,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, you know, from my perspective, I'm doing the same thing that I've been doing for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot hasn't really changed for me because I just keep keep on doing what works for me. But, you know, I think it's it's gotten very competitive. There are so many people in the you know, that are in that niche now. So Mm -hmm. it used to be like that, you know, you know, these people for paid links, these people for content, these people were great at outreach. And now it's just like there's just so many people. So the state of it to me is the same. It's just a little bit more crowded. And I think everybody's just trying to kind of stand out, which is harder. And everybody's trying to not get, you know, get screwed on a penalty or you know, anything algorithmic. So I think we're, everybody's trying to be a little more careful about what they do.
0: Absolutely. So everybody always loves to talk link building tactics. So I was wondering, is there anything that you could possibly share um, in terms of what you think is still working well, uh, either for you or just for uh, other sites that you're seeing out there?
2: Well,
1: a lot of what we do is paid links. And okay. you know I don't like to say you should go buy links, certainly. I don't want to advocate for them, but they do work for our clients. Mm-hmm. and they you know that's kind of how we started and that seems to be what everybody comes to us for so we've gotten people who you know we say we could do these other things and they're like no i just want you to go buy some links so you know i just kind of gave up and said all right well yeah, we'll just do that if that's what people want us to do and the way we do it is definitely working for us and for our clients you know we're not buying anything on a big scale and we're trying to actually look at sites and think you know i'd really like a link here you know so That's that's still working for us. But I also see people that, you know, are able to have clients that have incredible content and they're able to get links because, of course, you know, who wouldn't want to link to that content? So that's that's something that I I really like seeing.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, when you as we're talking about paid links now, do you ever advise clients, you know, this this could be. You know, I wouldn't say disastrous, but it could have a negative, you know, consequences down the road. Do you have that conversation oh, yeah, with definitely. them? Yeah. Okay. How does that usually yeah, go?
1: Well, I, you know, it's funny. I feel like I try to like unsell people. So with a lot of people, I say it's just not worth the risk, and I don't, you know, I don't think it's worth it, even if you want me to do it. Mm-hmm. So we don't take them on. So most of our clients, we might be buying like one to two links at a time, you know, in a month. So mm-hmm. that's not too bad for a lot of them. But I do totally tell them it's against Google's guidelines, you know, that's in the contract. So everybody knows what's going on and they do get a, a pretty stern warning.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's smart. As long as you're revising them, that's the important part. Now, uh, on the other end of, of that question, um, you know, are there, are there sort of any tactics that are still getting a lot of talk, but maybe don't actually work as much or as well as they used to in the past, you know, maybe a few years ago, are you sort of seeing like any sort of declines in certain other types of tactics that may have worked a few years ago?
1: In terms of what's working, I I don't really see it, I guess, because I'm just looking at what I'm doing, but... Mm -hmm. Some people that used to do more like your directory type link
0: building, mm-hmm.
1: um, social bookmarking, things like that. I, I don't see anybody doing that really anymore.
0: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. All right. So I'm guessing you've seen some pretty crazy links and link profiles over there. I was curious, are there any like just super crazy links that you've seen that were just sort of mind blowing and you just always remember? Like- well,
1: most of them. Well, I've, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of things. I wish to God I've never clicked on them. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, yeah, I've tried to, when I do look at a backlink profile, I've tried to start being a little more careful in looking at the URL. Mm-hmm. So if it's something, you know, credibly offensive, I don't want to click on it. But I have made the mistake of clicking on, on quite a bit of porn that I, I really don't want to see. And I know mm-hmm. some of the Viagra stuff. Mm-hmm. Some some things are just kind of ugly that you just
2: don't want to see. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Are there any sort of mistakes that you see people making in SEO when they're thinking about links and link building nowadays? Do you think that they have the right mindset or do you think that, um, you know, they're sort of having old thinking or do you think they're sort of, you know, they sort of get where link building is at right now?
1: I think a lot of people do get it, but a lot of people also don't seem to view link building as something that needs to be a piece of something bigger. Mm -hmm. So, I see this with clients sometimes where I say, I mean, we can build the links, but you need to take care of this and that. And lots of the times they're just like, OK, we don't we don't really want to hear from you about that. You know, you just mm-hmm. do your job, just build the links. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the biggest problem that I see where people might not want to look at their internal linking and or they think my content's fantastic and everybody's going to automatically want to link to it. And that's just not the case.
0: Right. hmm. Now, if you want to be a good link builder today, uh, what does someone need to know? Uh, Are there any tips that you can offer or, you know, just in terms of are there any skills that certain skills that people need to have to do this well?
1: I think it's the same as maybe if you were in person dealing with someone. And I know some people are much better at writing than they are speaking, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of the same thing. You just need to be able to get somebody to talk back to you. You're emailing them, you just want a response and you need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to tell them what you want from them so you're not just rambling and they finally say, well, "You know, what exactly are you asking me? I think the communication is probably the biggest thing. And that's also important because especially with what we do, I mean, it gets really tedious and you mm-hmm. need to talk to other people about it or talk to other link builders or your other employees. So I think communication is, is everything to me. You need to be able to write a good outreach email mm-hmm. and explain yourself. I think being a good writer is, is certainly very helpful as well. Mm-hmm. And you need to just be persistent because you can email a hundred people sometimes and you won't get a response from anybody. So you really need to have that. I'm not going to give up mentality.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. So, um, I solicited for a few, uh, questions from our audience. So I want to jump into a few of them now. Um, so, first one I want to ask you comes from Taylor Kurtz of Crush the Rankings. He wanted to ask you about disavowing links. So, his question was: uh, With Google recently saying disavowing links can hurt your site, what are your standard practices for disavowing links? When is a good time to disavow links, and or when is a good time to disavow links? And when should you not use the disavow tool?
1: It's hmm, a very good question. I have never been a really huge fan of the disavow process, mm-hmm. even though I've done link audits and I've had link audits that I've done where I've said, I don't really think you actually have a link problem. Like they didn't get a manual action or anything and their ranking still might be fine. But they said, I want you, you know, I want to know what the bad links are. And I have said, I don't think it's worth disavowing it because in in a way, I feel like it's bringing attention to something that you might not want to bring attention to. Mm-hmm.
2: Um
1: if if you had a manual penalty, then I would say you probably, you know, if they said you have bad links, get rid of them. That's when I would do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't. Yep. I, th- yeah. I think, Google, you know, I hope and think that they ignore a lot of those bad links because I still see tons of sites that do very, very well and they have awful backlink profiles. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. That is good advice. Okay. Uh, he actually had a second question, so I'll, I'll so ask um I'm kind of curious to get your take on this as well uh he was asking a question about how to acquire edu and uh, gov links um, and he wanted to know basically um, i don't well actually I'll ask this uh, you know I want to ask my own way um do you still think that those sorts of links have as much strength as maybe they did a few years ago uh, are they still the best links that you can get do you think uh, what do you think?
1: I think if it makes sense, then that's a great link, but Mm -hmm. I I don't have that as a goal at all. Mm -hmm. And I also saw through buying links that we could buy tons of links on edu sites, especially. I don't know that we ever got Mm -hmm. anything on the .gov, but Mm -hmm. we would encounter people and say, say, you know, could you give us a link for this and we'll give you money and, you know, for your charity on campus or something like that. And we could get good links. Mm -hmm. And. I don't know. It's just never been something I've pursued, but it is still kind of viewed as like, that's the Holy grail of link building. Right. Everybody wants those links. I've seen loads of great link profiles where people are doing well. They don't have anything that's in the edu or .gov.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's what I sort of suspected. I feel like it's one of those things that just, it's just there. It's like one of those right. things that just is there and people believe it and believe it. Sound <laughs> becoming
1: right. You're uh, supposed to do it. I mean yeah. I wouldn't turn it down if I had oh, yeah. content and can get great stuff, but it's nothing yeah that I go after that much.
0: Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. Uh we have uh, another couple questions from a different Taylor, Taylor Tomita, I believe is how you say that. Uh yes. there at Neoman Studios. Uh, I have a couple of really good questions. So first off, what is your favorite niche to do link building in?
1: Oh, I would say travel is my favorite. And I really like to travel myself. But Mm
2: -hmm.
1: My travel clients, without fail, every one of them has been amazing. They have truly been some of the best people I've ever worked with. Hmm. I don't know why that is necessarily, but but travel people, oh, I I just absolutely love them. And that's actually fun work for me, doing outreach and looking at the sites and things like that. So I would definitely go with travel.
0: Very cool. Uh, and the second question, what is your most memorable link building experience?
1: Oh, goodness. That's, uh, I would say that it's probably a very bad experience. Um, I don't mean to be too long-winded about this, but in the beginning of Linkfish, I was not as involved as I am now. And I didn't train everybody because my husband started the company, and he did all that with his office manager. So I didn't really know how they were getting links or how they were doing their outreach. And I started looking just around and I was going to set up some alerts for people's email addresses and all kinds of other stuff. And I realized that a couple of them were actually commenting on people's blog posts saying, "Could I buy a link from you?" I mm. know, <laughs> uh, here's here's my client, here's my email address. And then we found the same thing in forums. So that was pretty memorable because it scared the daylights out of me that our <laughs> You know client could could be outed and it, it was just it was an absolutely horrifying experience mm. and along with that we have had people when we've been trying to buy links that used to say maybe 10 years ago i'm going to turn you in you know i'm going to tell google that you you've sent me an email about this and that always scared the daylights out of me too
0: mm.
1: yep. it sticks with you but yeah. that doesn't happen anymore nobody Nobody seems to care that much.
0: Mm, yeah, there was this whole period where it seemed like it was kind of cool to out people because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, you know, they're doing shady stuff. or right. <laughs> You know, the right. other person accusing them was probably doing some shady stuff. Either exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> I remember that, t- that time period. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's do another uh, couple reader questions uh, or review audience questions, I suppose readers of our podcast, uh, Roger Monty, SEJ news writer, uh, had a couple of good questions. So, uh, first one, good link building is expensive and beyond the reach of many smaller businesses and individuals. So what can these people do? I
1: think that is such a great question. I actually, we did a a webinar totally devoted to like small business and small budgets because so many people really don't have a lot of money for this. Mm -hmm. I think that there's something called HARO, H-A-R-O, which is Help A Reporter Out, that's a free service. And if you sign up for that, You can put in the topics you're interested in and then you'll get an email. I get like two emails a day on different topics and it tells you who's looking for maybe a quote. They want to talk to somebody about something. And that's a really good way to get links. And It's completely free. Mm -hmm. And that's that's people saying, I want to talk to you, basically. So I, I like that because I think a lot of people are really they don't know what to do in terms of how to get a link. Even if they had the time, they don't really think I should just send an email and introduce myself and say, I would like a link. And here's why. So having, having Harrow basically saying these journalists want to talk to you, I think makes it really a lot easier when you don't have a lot of money and you don't really have that much experience. And there, there are some hashtags on Twitter, like there's PR requests, there's a journal request. And I've seen recently even a, a bloggers wanted. So something like that could be good if you wanted to, if you were an expert in a topic and you wanted to get like a regular column or you wanted to write a blog post for somebody. So again, those are people saying, I basically want to talk to you, which I think is great. And that's, that's so easy for somebody who's never done anything. But I I mentioned alerts earlier and I'm a really big fan of Google alerts and Talkwalker alerts. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend setting those up for your brand and your URL, any relevant keywords, and then that's going to send you mentions of whatever you've put into it. So Google and Talkwalker seem to pick up different stuff. And that's why I like to use them both because you know, each one sends me something different. So if you see, you might see your brand is mentioned somewhere and you'll get an email about it and you read it and you go, well, they didn't link to me. And you could easily just email them and say, would you mind putting in a link? And lots of times that does work. It doesn't always, but I think, you know, those are something free, completely free and super easy that anybody can do. And I don't, I'm not a huge believer in like trying to follow what your competitors do, because some people have that idea that if my competitor has a link on the site, I want to link there too. And I, I do understand that. I think it's a good shortcut in a lot of ways, especially if you are just starting out or you don't have a big budget. You can just get, look at your competitors' link profiles and look at some of these pages. And I'm not saying go and try to get a link on exactly the same page as a competitor, but you, you know they've linked to your competitor. So the theory is they would link to you. So I think those are some good opportunities right there. Mm-hmm. And just really don't, don't be afraid to email somebody or get on the phone and ask for a link.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And one other thing that since we're on this topic, I think it might be another good way for small businesses is internal linking, which I think is one thing yeah. a lot yeah. of people forget about. So maybe you could talk a little bit about, uh, you know, do you see that as sort of like an overlooked opportunity that a lot of people just forget about? Oh, yeah. I
1: think with a lot of the internal linking people, they seem to either on their homepage, they link to about 500 pages on their site or, you know, (laughs) they -hmm. they don't they don't link to the critical pages. They might link to five pages, but they want something else to be pushed, but they don't link to it from the homepage. Mm -hmm. So I do see a lot of that. And you can run all these tools and see stuff about your internal links. And maybe you've got a page that you think is super important and there's only one internal link to it but you have a page that you really don't care that much about and it's got 10 internal links. So that's a situation where I would say it, it, you know, just add some more internal links to those important pages and maybe take some away from the ones that you, you don't view as important. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Now, before I ask the other question, you just mentioned tools. So uh, that just popped in my head. Uh, People love to know uh, people's favorite tools. So I'll ask you, what are some of your favorite tools that you use for SEO and link building?
1: Well, since we were talking about internal analysis, I really like the Crawl. I like Sitebulb a lot, and oh, yeah. I like Screaming Frog. I think those are both really, really awesome tools. Mm-hmm. As far as backlink analysis, I am a huge fan of SEMrush, obviously, because mm-hmm. I do webinars for them. I, I love their tool system. I love Ahrefs, and I love Majestic. And Majestic, I've probably used longer than anything. Mm-hmm. So I think Majestic was the first link tool that I ever used. I still love it.
0: Yep, excellent. All right, all right. Now we'll go to Roger Monti's second question. Um, it was pretty long, so I'm trying. I'm going to try and condense it down, and hopefully you'll get the gist of it, or you might have read it online. But uh, he was basically asking, um, you know, obviously content is super important. Uh, so, is there a way, or do you have maybe any ideas how maybe uh, you know content uh, development side and the link building side, like teams can work uh, more closely together. Have you had any sort of tips for success of making that happen, or is that still just one of those pie in the sky sort of things where (laughs) we hope it will happen, but it never actually does in reality?
1: (laughs) I I think in a lot of cases it is pie in the sky because Mm -hmm. it's like the link team doesn't talk to the content marketing team. Mm -hmm. And I know from experience if, if I'm trying to push content that I don't think is very good, I don't think you know somebody's gonna like this or wanna link to it, then my attitude's gonna suck anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's not a good idea to view link builders of people doing the actual outreach. Sometimes they get viewed as not as important. Mm -hmm. They're doing the grunt work, but they're the ones that are actually interacting with the webmasters and they have immediate feedback. So, you know, if they get an email, maybe they're trying a new template and they get an email from somebody saying this sucks and I would never give you a link and you're an idiot. And then they go put your outreach email on Twitter. You know that link builder knows a lot right there, just from that interaction. Mm-hmm. So I think link builders, people actually talking to the webmasters, should be involved because tons of content gets created that just doesn't do anything.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe
1: nobody's talked to the link team to say, "What do you think? you know you've worked in this industry for, say, longer than I have? Do you think this kind of piece would go over well?" And that doesn't happen a lot of the times. And I think it really should because when everybody's happy about the content they're promoting, I think, it's a lot more successful.
0: Awesome. Okay. So now let's shift gears a little bit. I want to go back in time to sort of your origin story. Um, So uh, before you you get into SEO, what what sort of led you into the industry? What were you doing before SEO?
1: I was actually a social worker. Hmm. So I worked with adults that had cerebral palsy and The the place where I worked, we tried to teach them job skills. So there was a lot of technology that we were using. And it really inspired me because I thought this is something that I would really love to do because I always kind of like computer stuff. And I thought I would go back to school and learn how to program and Mm -hmm. I would end up programming different things to help people with different disabilities. And when I started programming, I just really loved it. And then I ended up getting a job programming and I already had a degree, so I didn't really need to get another degree. So I just kind of said, can I go full time? Because at that point, I was really tired of being in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like I kept going back to school and getting degrees. And I, that was just great for me. And I, I loved being a programmer mm-hmm. and I thought it was like the most fun thing ever. And then they asked me if I would jump on the SEO team because at the time there were only two people. And they had so much business. So it was like early 2000, I guess, 2002. Mm -hmm. And so many people wanted these services, and they needed somebody else. And I had an English degree. So they thought, well, she can write, she can program, this would be perfect. So Hmm. I was cloaking sites. So Yeah, it was (laughs) – I thought it was the most fun thing ever. Mm -hmm. And doing all the keyword stuffing, making fake sites, all this stuff. So that's how I got into SEO.
0: Oh, very cool. Now, are there any skills that – you're able to take either from being a social worker or a programmer that you've sort of been able to use in your your link building and your SEO career?
1: Well, um, I'd say with programming, I think that that has really helped me. And even if it's something as minor as trying to help a webmaster get a link right, because a lot of times for whatever reason, they'll say, I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know how to get the no follow off. So it's a lot easier for me to look at what they have and figure out how to help them. You know, just to look at the actual code. And we've and that's been helpful too because we've had people put crazy things in the code. We actually have had some people that would put it in and they would put this paid link expires on this date oh, <laughs> like in the link code. Oh my god. <laughs> and I was like,
2: "Oh, please don't do that." <laughs>
1: So I think just the technical knowledge and just knowing how to kind of track down something technical or understanding how something should work has been very helpful. Mm-hmm. And the social work, I haven't, I mean, other than just trying to, to deal with people who have issues, <laughs> you know, that's, that's really the only thing I've taken from it. But I do think it was good experience. And I had always done a lot of volunteer work. So I just assumed that would be a great career. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it just wasn't for me, really.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so now when you started in SEO, uh, how did you sort of learn it? Was it from reading? Uh, I know there wasn't as much you know SEO content out there back then, but was it from reading? Was it from other people? So how did you sort of learn your uh, SEO?
1: Oh, I got a crash course in it basically over about two weeks before one of the SEOs quit, mm-hmm. and I was, you know have like ten clients that I have to do PPC for and do SEO for, mm. so it was. I, I really feel like it was like a trial by fire. And I asked the other SEO that was still there a, a billion questions, but then he left. So then it was huh. just me. And then they said, We've got to hire somebody and you're going to have to teach them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was just kind of trial and error and reading and figuring out what people were doing. And that's, I mean, that was hard at the time because our boss didn't really want us announcing what we were doing on any kind of, like, they didn't want us asking any questions. Mm. So people would think, oh, their SEO team doesn't know what they're doing. So that was kind of difficult and had a lot of offline questions with people. But a lot of it is just, I feel like I just was thrown into it and had all these responsibilities and clients would ask me questions and I just have to go try to figure out how to answer them.
0: Hmm. Wow, very interesting. So, okay, so after a few years uh, in two thousand six, I believe it was, you ended up deciding to go out on your own and start Linkfish. So, uh, what prompted you to do that, and or why? You know, why did you decide that was the right next step for you?
2: Well,
1: at the time, my husband was also working for this agency where we did SEO, okay. and he ended up getting a job from a London-based company that did gambling work. So he worked for them for about six months and would just travel back and forth. And then he'd been asking me to come do it, too. But I really liked the stability of an agency. And I was head of the team and I didn't really want to go. Then I just made the decision, you know, something I should try. And so I did. And we ended up working for that agency for a little over, probably close to two years as freelancers. And they needed links built. So they got Jay, my husband. They wanted him to start a link team here in the states where we are. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, we would function as their link team. And then word started to get around. I don't know how, but we started getting other people that wanted links as well. Mm-hmm. So we started getting other people saying, this is great that you guys do it. Can you work for me too? And that kind of worked out well because we ended up not staying on with that. You know, we ended up taking them basically as a client instead of freelancing for them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Linkfish just got started almost by accident. Mm-hmm. Something Jay kind of had to do. And I wasn't that involved with it at first. But then when we stopped working for that company, I came on full time.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Now, where did the name Linkfish come from?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that anybody's ever asked me that. Um, I actually was thinking about it as like you are fishing for links. Okay. Kind of like casting a wide net and seeing what you get back in. Mm-hmm. So we came up with that. And the alternate was Blackbeard Media. And I'm re- Blackbeard being North Carolina, and I'm really glad we didn't do that because about six months after we started, our office manager ended up having to have an eye patch.
0: Oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I see from the yeah. there. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think Linkfish was the right choice there.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah. So in the early days, did you experience like any sort of growing pains, or was, did you have like a pretty solid influx of you know good word of mouth?
1: Uh, we did for clients and for employees. We we grew too fast, though, I think, because and oh. this was so long ago. It was when people basically clients would just throw money at you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everybody just wanted you to have bigger and bigger team. And so we didn't really have any problems finding people because we would get people who already worked for us. You know, do you have some friends that might like to do this and we'll train them? Mm-hmm. So finding people, we tended to get a lot of artists and musicians, people like that. Um, we got a lot of bartenders, too, and people who've been staff because we thought they're really good at talking to people. Mm. and They have to juggle lots of things. So they turned out to be great link builders. So it was easy to get clients and it was easy to grow. And that worked very well. And I always had this feeling that the, you know, everything could just crumble because we had so many people here. And a lot of them were to support one big client. Mm-hmm. So I knew when that big client leaves, we're really kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. And I was never able to really get a good plan in place for that. And that ended up happening. And mm-hmm. when that happens, we couldn't just keep going. So we ended up having to lay off a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And then gradually we just started losing people. They might go to work somewhere else. They might get fired. Mm-hmm. And we just got like we got smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And now I think at our biggest, we had about 45 people. And it was just, I didn't like it because I couldn't do actual work. I was just kind of managing the manager.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know now now I can build links, I can interact with my, my team because I've only got two people now. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like it that way. So I don't want to grow because mm-hmm. I like to be as involved as I am.
0: Very cool, okay, um, so In terms of taking on new clients, how do you sort of decide which ones to work with or how do you know when maybe a client isn't the right fit for for you?
1: Well, obviously, if they're somebody that I don't like the industry, some people have problems with different things, but if it's an industry I just don't want to work with, I would just say no. But I also would ask my team how they feel. So if somebody wanted us to work on something, say a payday loan site, I'm not necessarily opposed to that. It's, it's not something that I'm in love with either. I just kind of don't care either way. And that's a, probably a bad example, but I usually ask my guys, so would you feel comfortable working on this site? And they, they seem to say yes to everything, but if they said no, then I wouldn't take on the client. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I kind of get a feel for people. So when I, I get some that are very rude from the beginning, and they're very demanding and they want all this stuff for free and they don't want to sign anything and they take out tons of my time. And I've had some before that have just kind of I, they've exhausted my patience. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think, you know, if I haven't even signed them and they're this bad, how are they going to be when uh-huh. they're paying me and I'm beholden to them? Mm-hmm. So that tends to be when I, when I say no. Gotcha
0: okay um and uh let's talk a little bit about leadership as you know as mentioned you had a at one time a very big team now it's much smaller but uh over the years have you learned any lessons or you know maybe you have any tips that you could share in terms of how people who have a team can better lead or you know train their employees
1: i think one thing that works very well for me is treating people that work for you like you work with them and not just trying to throw your weight around and boss people around mm-hmm. because I've worked for people like that and and it's made me have a terrible attitude. So I I try to treat the people that I work with as my coworkers. I don't go around saying, you know, I'm your boss, do this. And that that seems to work for us. I mean, we have had problems with that because also, you know, you're going to have people that take advantage of that if you're very nice and you don't act like a jerk. So we've we've had problems with that, but by and large, just trying to treat the employees as human beings and get their opinions. If I'm wrong, let them tell me and you know, I don't get my backup about it. So I think that's probably the biggest tip I would have is just to treat them like, the, like they're your coworkers almost.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next I wanted to ask you a little bit about, uh, one more question about your your agency. So, you know, over the last few years, link building has sort of gotten a bad rap. Um, and sort of viewed in a more negative way. I was curious, you know, you never rebranded your company to be like a digital marketing agency or anything like that. So, you know, you're just sort of a proud link building agency. So, I, I was just curious as why you might not have changed, and did you maybe ever consider doing a rebranding?
1: I never considered it, honestly. I mm-hmm. mean, I've thought before we should offer some different things, mm-hmm. and I do different things on my own on a consulting basis. So I'll do you know, different types of SEO work for people, but our agency doesn't because the team that we have now, they're, they're trained on link building Mm -hmm. and they've never really been trained on SEO. And neither one of them came from a background where they had experience in this. They just, one, I think had been in textile management and the other had been writing for sites and doing stuff like that. So they came in and just learned all of this. So I think it would be difficult in a way. I would have to retrain everybody and Mm -hmm. try to get different work to support that. But I've always thought while things are going well, everything seems to be working out, I'm just gonna stay the course as long as I can.
0: Very good, all right. Um, what What has been your favorite link building campaign that you've ever worked on and why? And you don't have to mention client names if you don't want to, but you're welcome to of course.
1: Oh, this is kind of sad because it it was for a client who ended up going bankrupt and oh. owing us a lot of money. <laughs> oh, no. But they, they had um they had a big campaign on organic gardening and I really liked it. And at the time, I think it was it was the spring and I was thinking about, you know, I need to get some tomato plants. And so it just kind of it hit me because I was really interested in it at the time and the reception to it was amazing. So mm-hmm. that was a That was a campaign where we didn't have to buy any links so because what they had was just so good. Mm -hmm. And I would approach people and I thought, well, let's just try this and not try offering any money. And then that actually worked. So I really liked doing that because that was a case where I really thought the content was really, really good and it actually deserved to get the links.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. We'll we'll flip that question around a little bit now. Was there ever a client you had where things didn't? sort of goes you had hoped or planned um, and knowing what you know now, is there anything looking back that you would have done differently? And again, you oh. don't have to name any clients, but you know, <laughs> but
1: well, one I'm reluctant to talk about because I wrote an article and he thought I, it was about him and kind of went crazy. Oh, uh, that was a, so long ago, but but we have had a couple of clients that didn't have really great reputations for mm-hmm. whatever reason. People might say they email spam or they they try to get you signed up for a trial and then they charge you and stuff like that. So that was never good because in, in a few of those cases, the webmasters would be really nice until they realized who we were working with. And then we get the horror stories about what they did to you know, their grandma or their neighbor, how badly they screwed up. So that that was an absolute nightmare. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Next, let's shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about writing. As I mentioned at the start, obviously you're writing for search engine journal right now. And I also have the pleasure of editing you back at search engine watch. You've been searching land, SEO chicks, a bunch of places. So um, I want to ask you as a writer um, for people who may want to get into writing for You know, industry publications, are there any tips uh, maybe that you've picked up along the way um, in terms of what it takes to be a a good writer um, or just just anything that you've picked up along the way in terms that might help them get to that point where, you know, they want to be published on a big, a big site?
1: Right. I I would say they should try to ask somebody or get in touch with the sites and ask about writing and have something prepared to show Mm -hmm. as an example, um, even and, and if you can't get something on one of the big sites, do something smaller. And just I think the more you write, you get better at it. But I, I was, again, very lucky with writing because I was writing for the SEO chicks after we started that. And I was asked to write for Search Engine Land. Mm-hmm. So I never had to go through the thing where I had to really ask to do it. It was incredibly lucky. Mm-hmm. And I was like blown away. And I remember I, I spent ages and ages on my first Submission and and that was a great experience because I I did have editors saying this is not that great, or you need to change this. And so I really had to learn to take the criticism because, you know, I guess it's like I have an English degree, I should be able to write, and I never had any problems. And so, it but this is totally different, you know, you're writing for a different audience than maybe if you're in college writing a literary paper. So, it's I think you have to really be open to having your editor edit. And tell you something that you need to change mm-hmm. that's super important and not get upset about it because they're they're just trying to make what you do better. Mm-hmm. and I think you need to realize that other people can make your work better. Everything you write is might going to be amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your best writing tip? Uh, is there anything in particular that helps you when you're either um, trying to come up with topics or just you know plan out a, a post that you're writing?
1: I probably shouldn't say this, but sometimes if you have a little bit of a drink, it can, you know, kind of unleash creativity. At least it does for me. Mm -hmm. That's not obviously great advice for everybody, but (laughs) (laughs) what I think if you can do something to kind of unlock, you know, sometimes you have these blocks about where nobody wants to read this or this is just no, no, no. I always am very negative about things. So, I think you need to just maybe write down everything that you think of, even if it's completely insane at the time and go back through it later and just have, have an open mind about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that's a great tip. Yeah. It's just, you know, we're, we're always our own worst critics. So if there's anything you can do to sort of lower your own, inhibition, I guess, which would be what's happening with a little drink. Um, yeah, that's actually <laughs> one of the most interesting tips I've heard. So I, I like that. <laughs> cool. Um, now, obviously, you've written a lot over the years. Uh, is there any any particular article that, you know, as you think back, uh, that sort of stands out or as one maybe that you're most proud of or just, you know, did really well, uh, either on SCJ or obviously any, any other site?
1: Actually, the one that I'm the most proud of is the one that I thought was the worst at the time. And that was for Search Engine Journal. And it was like 20 awesome sources of free data. Mm-hmm. And I chose that topic. And as soon as I did, I thought I am the biggest idiot because I should be writing strictly about links. And I did so much research for that article mm-hmm. and really dug into it. And it had been a while since I'd done that because it wasn't something that I, you know, was immediately so easy for me to do. And when I submitted that article, I was honestly terrified. I thought this is gonna be the worst thing ever. Nobody's gonna like it. And then it ended up just doing amazingly well. And I had so many people give me so many nice compliments and say, this was super useful. So I, I was definitely very proud of that. I just think it's funny that I really thought that was my biggest failure at the time.
0: Oh, yeah, it's very interesting. I've actually heard that from other people too, where they just you know they pick out a, sort of a random topic. They go, "Oh my god, what have I done?" And I shouldn't be writing about this. And then it actually does really well. They're like, well, "Right." Boy. So yeah, it's pretty that is funny. And I do remember that article one was a really good one. So oh good, <laughs> we'll definitely drop a link in our recap post that for people who want to read it. Oh, no, uh, cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, excellent. Um, now, let's see. Do you have, um, since we're talking favorites, do you have a favorite sort of professional memory or something that you consider a highlight moment uh, from your career to this point? Obviously, knowing that you have a lot more to do, but uh, is there sort of like a proud moment that, um, or something on career highlight that sort of stands out for you?
1: I think. Um, in general, being asked to do something has been a highlight for me. whether it's will you write for our website or would you speak at this conference? Having people just come to me with that has been really amazing, and especially when I see people that are saying my pitch was rejected, and that makes me feel awful. Mm. And I feel you know like I'm, I am so lucky that people would ask me to do any of this stuff. And that I don't have to struggle in that way. But I mean, I could the next day, you never know when that's going to really go away. But Mm -hmm. that has definitely been a highlight for me just to be asked to do something. Even if I say no, I can't do it for this reason. Just being asked to do it is actually pretty amazing.
0: So for everyone listening, make sure to ask Julie to do stuff for you. (laughs) She will be so flattered. (laughs) She'll say no, but she'll be super flattered. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. Okay. Um, very good, um, let's see so how about um in terms of uh let's see how do you sort of stay current with uh you know changes to the industry? Are there any resources maybe that you could recommend uh, for people listening you know blogs or is it maybe some people to follow on social media or a podcast you may listen to? Uh, is there anything that you could recommend for people
1: i stay i mean i I usually am on Twitter looking at what people are putting out and then go reading websites and go reading what everybody's saying, but I don't. I, I feel like I don't read as much about the industry as I used to. Okay. And if something happens in the link world, everybody's screaming about it. Oh, like, yeah. the, you know, the recent thing with the no follow where they added the two different things and said we treat it as a hint. People who would never had anything to do with links were flipping out. Mm-hmm. And it's like I feel like my mother in a nursing home would have, you know, had heard about that. <laughs> it was just like everybody heard about it right so if something big happens with links i mean i can't avoid it because it's gonna just come to me i think um you mentioned roger Monty had a question i I know he writes for search engine journal he he tends to write a lot of things about that are about what's currently going on Mm -hmm. and i've been very flattered that he's asked me to contribute to some things he's definitely somebody i would pay attention to Mm -hmm. and deborah masterler is my all-time idol she she totally took me under her wing when i was new in the industry and she's an amazing link builder she i would follow any if she says anything if she's on a webinar i really think if you're interested in links she should be there because she's just amazing and giselle navarro also is absolutely incredible she's from Neo Mom, and um, i think taylor had some questions earlier and he works with her mm-hmm. they they put out incredible content that just absolutely blows my mind and everything she, you know she's I've just been amazed by her. She's like somebody that when I first started reading what she was writing, I was like, my God, she just made me feel like I didn't know what I was talking about. And I love finding people like that, where they just kind of blow me away, that mm-hmm. they're so good. They say things that really make it click. And so she's definitely somebody to follow. I mean, there there really are a lot. And I, I talked to Taylor Tamina and Tony Randall and a few of my friends that are out in Idaho. We have like a little internal group where we chat and everything. And we don't necessarily talk about links all the time, but I, I, I like staying in touch with those guys and seeing what they have to say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very cool. So I'd, say, I'd say follow them too. They're amazing. Yep.
0: yep. I believe I follow most of those people, but I'll be sure to uh, check on that. <laughs> Very cool. Um, fun question for you. Now, if you weren't doing link building or anything search or SEO related, what profession would you love to do instead?
1: Oh, wow. What a great question. Oh, that's, that's a hard one. I have zero musical talent, but I would, I, growing up, I thought I'm going to be in a rock band. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be the guitarist in a rock band and I, I would love to have the talent and do something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, I mean, I've got nothing, but I, I also am fascinated with films, the movie industry. Mm-hmm. So I would love to work in, in that industry in some capacity or just work full time as a writer for, technical publications you know being a journalist something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Now if if you were in a musical band, would you be <laughs> a goth band?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not at this stage in life Not because the stage. that would be sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a sad old goth. Um, I would like I would be in a punk band even though right mm. now I probably dislocate a hip, but that that's the kind of thing that I I really like and it's so funny because I have this fifth grade yearbook and in it so many people like good luck with your punk band you know that that's that was like their end of the year greeting to me so I must have really given off some kind of vibe or badgered people about how I was going to be a rock star when I was 10. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they're all laughing now.
0: (laughs) Now, the reason, of course, I mentioned for people who don't have the context, uh, Julie has a famous goth past. So, if you follow her on Twitter, maybe she'll post a picture of her from her from her goth <laughs> days after this I need podcast is live. Yeah, that, that might be fun. Or you can even send yeah, it to us. Maybe we'll add it with our recap post if you want. <laughs>
1: I, I think I, as a goth back then, I mean, we were talking like 50 years ago, I, I didn't have a lot of photos of me as a goth. And the oh. funniest thing is the ones that I do have, I seem to have this weird prairie goth thing going on. Like I'm wearing these high neck Victorian long dresses. Uh-huh. It's the most bizarre thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should post some photos.
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're happier that Instagram wasn't around then, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I <don't> definitely. <laughs>
0: Anyway, okay, back on topic, sorry. Um, Let's see, next question for you. If you could go back in time and give your younger self some advice at any point, uh, what would it be? Is there anything that you would sort of tell yourself to do differently knowing what you know now?
1: Hmm. I would say to try to stop caring so much what other people thought. And I have a problem with that. I think a lot of it is how I was raised. It's almost like if I make someone uncomfortable or I'm impolite, that I'm the worst person in the world. And I've really had to had to work hard on that because it's it's kind of messed me up in times when I haven't been able to ask for something that I need or state my case because somebody gets upset with me. Mm -hmm. So I would say definitely just stop being so worried about upsetting people and just try to say what I need to say. Mm -hmm. I still have trouble with that. I'm so terrified of being rude to people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's true. Well, I know a lot of people with that same problem. Yeah. Um, okay. How about let's let's see. What's your best piece of SEO or professional like business advice that's ever been given to you, and who gave it to you?
1: Ooh, I would say definitely check the robots.txt file and make sure your site isn't blocked. <laughs> because that is that i still see that so often it mm-hmm. blows my mind mm-hmm. and obviously that's that's not good if you're blocking everything from your website and so many people don't think to check because it's so basic
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, and i think that, that i was probably taught that when i was thrown into seo so in terms of exactly who said it i really don't know but i mean it's obviously a very common thing to check and it's good advice but anything basic like that, I think people don't really think to check all the time. They just might go to some far off land thinking, oh, my problem's gotta be this. And Mm -hmm. they they don't think about like something really concrete and basic to check.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think most people would probably run to the Twitter and yell about Google doing something to their site first and then they'll, then someone will point out to them. <laughs> Oops, say, did you check your robot's text? Okay. <laughs> oh, that's but, so true. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> okay. Now, uh, how about the worst piece of SU advice that you've ever heard or that you're still hearing today that you wish would just die and would stop hearing about it?
1: Oh, that's that's very hard, actually. I, I don't really hear so much bad advice, I guess. Um, I think people, I guess the, the worst advice I've heard is people who say things like, well, you only need to do this one thing or you only need to do guest posts. Mm-hmm. I, I really think having having everything covered is good. Have a variety as much as you can. So people who are basically selling their own services, and that's the reason they give this advice. They might say, well, you just need to do this. And it's because that's what I offer and I want to sell it to you. And people believe that. That's the sad thing. So I I hate seeing things like that. And links, especially, we get trampled on all the time as link builders. I mean, so many people want to trash link builders. Mm -hmm. And I don't see link builders out there trashing technical SEOs. I I don't see them just going to town on on other bits of the industry. But link builders seem to really get it bad.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I
1: don't know why that is. But I think it's very bad advice to say that links aren't important.
0: Absolutely. I agree completely with that. Um, wow. Yeah. I never really thought of it that way, but that's so true. Like you don't see that happening with any like other two jobs or one gets trash. Well, okay. <laughs> that's very insightful, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. All right. Next question. Um, for any newcomers who may be listening, I um, want to eventually become successful in, in the industry. Um, are there any sort of tips that you can give to people in terms of what it takes to be successful long-term in our industry?
1: I would definitely say to not be afraid to ask questions and test things and to look stupid because so many people, like, they will have an idea in their head and this is what I need to do and they don't ask anybody, they just keep doing it and it doesn't work. So you really have to, if, if you don't know that much, if you're just starting out, I think you really need to ask questions. But to go along with that, as people in the industry who've been in it a long time, I think a lot of people need to get better at not making people like that feel bad. Because I do see people asking questions and they're probably new or maybe they just don't know for whatever reason and, and they get humiliated. Mm-hmm. And I really hate seeing that. And I think it makes a lot of people not want to ask questions. I mean, if if something crazy happened with me, I would not go on Twitter and ask about it. I would ask a couple of my friends mm-hmm. and, and I hate that because I'm saying you should go on Twitter and ask but I probably wouldn't do it because of the way some people react mm-hmm. but I think you you need to really think I don't know everything and just be willing to learn and at, at least try to find somebody that you can talk to one on one yep
0: good advice I like that uh, is there anything in particular right now that in, in SEO or search or marketing that has you excited You know, right now, (laughs) no, same (laughs) old old crap.
1: (laughs) I mean, it is. It's like, like I said, I mean, I've been doing the same exact thing for so long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's nothing really that big that, that, that has excited me about the industry. Okay. That's fair. That's sad.
0: Well, that's hey. you know, it's, it's the truth for you. So (laughs) That, that works. Um, and question, I don't know. What's, what's next for Julie Joyce? What are, you, what are you looking toward next for yourself? Hmm,
1: that, that's something I've been thinking a lot about, actually, because some of my friends and I, we kind of are like, what should we do as our almost like an exit strategy mm-hmm. and not thinking that we hate SEO and we want to get out of it. But you see a lot of people selling their agencies and pe- people leaving the industry to do different things. And I also see that some of the people who are complete legends in SEO are struggling. You know, They might not have a great opportunity right now. and and that I think that should really worry anybody in any field I guess it's just a natural thing you worry about as you get older like you're going to be replaced anyway so I do think about that Mm -hmm. in terms of what I would do I truly don't know I mean I just want to I kind of take it day by day and my agency is small I, I want to basically keep my team employed and keep myself employed and so that's kind of all I'm thinking about at the moment
0: Sounds good. Okay. So, um, as we wrap up, uh, where can people find you on social media or anywhere else online? And, you know, if there's anything in particular you want people to check out, now's your opportunity to let them know.
1: Well, I have a very clever Twitter handle, which is Julie Joyce, and you can find me on LinkedIn as Julie Joyce. I think I'm everywhere. It's just Julie Joyce.
0: That works makes it easy for people to find you. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well Julie, thanks so much for joining us today on Search Thank Engine you. Journal wow. Show and sharing your story. It's been a great discussion. Some really nice little nuggets in here.
1: Thank you. I had a lot a lot of good fun with this.
0: Good. All right. So that does it for this edition of the Search Engine Journal Show thanks for listening today. We really appreciate it. Please tune in again next week for another great episode. And if you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, do it. Uh, You'll get lots more great interviews like this one every week from myself, as well as uh, Search Engine Journal's Apprentice of Taurus, as we continue to alternate weeks. Uh, And you can follow Search Engine Journal at SE Journal on Twitter. And of course, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn We're easy to find. Uh, Please let us know if you have any feedback about our podcast, good or bad. We always strive to make them better and more useful to you. Uh, And if you want to follow me again, I am Danny Goodwin. And you can find me at Mr. Danny Goodwin on Twitter. So long and thanks for listening.